Voices of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church of Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. You can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any other popular podcast platforms. This week, Pastor Jordan brings us a sermon called The Life Born Again. He talks about how being born again means that we are asking God to give us new life each and every day so that we may discover meaning in our lives and see the value in others. It comes from John chapter 3, verses 1 through 21. We're going through a new series that, um, called The Life That Flourishes. And Russ talked last week about following the signs. And I started to think about that with our passage today with Nicodemus and Jesus. And, but what, and the question that came to me is, but what if we don't know what signs we're looking for? And how do we figure that out? How do we know what the kingdom of God looks like? How do we know that we're following it correctly? So in our scripture, Nicodemus and Jesus are talking about these things. And Nicodemus is a religious teacher. So he likes to have a checklist. These are the things I need to do in order to see the kingdom of heaven. Just give me those things. That's basically what he's asking Jesus. And then Jesus doesn't do that. And Jesus gives him this weird saying of, you have to be born again, which Nicodemus obviously had questions about. What does that mean? And in some translations, it means born from above. And so this new life, this life that's born again, Jesus is talking about, sometimes we've gotten this word born again, we've used it in different ways. And so I want to ask you as a congregation, let's hope the battery didn't run out in the middle. Oh no. (laughs) My slides aren't in there. Okay. So, what we're... (laughs) What we're going to do, tell me, just shout it out. If you know, or if what comes to mind first when you say born again, when somebody says born again, what do you hear? One more time. (laughs) What's that? The 1970s calling all over again. I'll take your word for it. I... What else? What else? Holy Spirit? What was that? Revival. In the back. New life. Evangelical Christian. Okay, okay. Good. Well, you guys have a lot more positive outlook. <laughs> Oftentimes, when I've heard this, this born again, uh, you kind of think of that this is the gate, that this is the thing that you have to do in order to be accepted by God. We've used it as, I, somebody said evangelical Christians, that's, that's one of the pieces there that you have to be born again in order to consider yourself Christian. And so we have weaponized it in some ways. Are the slides there? All right, good <laughs> Thank you. Uh, And I think why we do this, why we weaponize it and use it as a gate in a way to say who's in and who's out is because we want to have certainty and meaning within our lives. 
right? And so when we say who is in and who is out, we use born again. If you're not born again, you're out, you're not in our group. If you are, you are in our group and you believe the right things. If you're out of it, you don't believe the right things. And so you get these type of things, these are called tracks that often people leave in random places for you to find. And it's, it's a way to tell people about Jesus and his love for them. But does it feel like it when you see that, right? It doesn't feel like that. Does it, do you think if somebody wants to tell you about how Jesus loves you so much that they start to use language like non-Christian, unchristian, non-believer, that doesn't feel real good to somebody. And so we've kind of weaponized this, this born-again phrase that Jesus gives us. But the key thing about this born again, when Jesus talks about it, he's actually going against what Nicodemus is wanting in the moment. Nicodemus wants that checklist. He wants that that thing that says, you are in now if you do this or say this or believe this the right way. Instead, Jesus is opening this up and he talks about how being born again is a gift of the spirit and you can't control that. You can't control it. You can't contain it. And so, Part of that, what I want to do today in, in this message is that we have things that we can't control. So I wanted to, to introduce an element into my sermon that I have no control over. I asked two of our youth to grab two items from wherever in the church, and I have to incorporate them somehow into the sermon. I have not seen these items yet. They're going to bring them up, and we'll see where we can go from there with all right. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to do it right this moment. I'll weave them in to the sermon. But we got a donkey here. If you recognize this from, uh, from Christmas time when we have the nativity scene up. And then we got a bobblehead of Thanos from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. All right. It'll, it'll all make sense at the end, I promise you, all right? So we've used born again to oftentimes make people who are outside of that feel less than, that unless they do that, then they'll be loved. And so our culture of religion, we like to create things that we feel like we could contain, that we could be certain about, but the spirit moves where it wants. Jesus says, like the wind, You can't control where the wind goes. And sometimes you may feel like that with the kingdom of God and what God is doing in your midst. Get blindsided by it. It's a loop, it's gonna keep going. <laughs> we could go to the next slide, there you go. Spirit goes where it wants and that can be scary for us especially can be scary for people like me, religious people, pastors, because we want to be certain, we want to be able to know what we can predict and contain, but God has never been able to be contained. God continues to give life-giving work that's powerful, unpredictable, and ongoing. And so then we wonder, if we can't contain it, if we can't contain the spirit of God, the kingdom of God, 
can that show up in people that maybe don't consider themselves Christian? I think sometimes we can, we've met people who don't say they're Christian, but their life kind of says differently, that they are living into the life of Jesus, that they are having compassion, love for others, caring for others. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's part of that uncontrollable work of the Spirit that we get to see even in people that haven't claimed that's what it is. That's the Spirit working. So we make choices every day. We, we make choices because when we wake up in the morning till our bed hits the pillow at night, there's choices all day. Now, we may wonder, how can I see the kingdom of God if it's uncontrollable, like Jesus is talking about? To be born again is uncontrollable. I think really what Jesus is saying is, what's uncontrollable is where the kingdom of God shows up. You can't control that. It's going to show up, and it's going to blindside you sometimes. Sometimes it's going to surprise you. But I think we can choose how we live into it when we see it. So the choices that we make kind of show who we are, right? We can believe things all we want, but unless it works out in actions, nobody knows the things you believe. So our actions are showing who we are and who we follow and who we care about. We choose every day to speak words that are kind to others, and we choose not to. We choose... We sometimes choose to love and live into God's love in the world, and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we cherish grudges even as we want to let go of them. We value our independence and freedom as if, even as we wish we cared more for others. We often stay in our dark corner because it feels more comfortable. Our darkness can become so habit for us, such an ingrained part of our life that we barely recognize the way of life is out of sync with Jesus. And that's what Jesus has talked about. Uh, it's a long passage, I know, but he also talks about darkness and light at the end that comes after the famous verse that says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And so there's this playfulness with the darkness and light in the passage. And I think sometimes it's even worse that not just in our own lives, that we start to live into this space of, we think, sometimes we can think that we're living the life that God wants us to, but it could be the furthest thing from the life of Jesus. But over time, you just don't see it. It just becomes habit, and you think it is, but it no longer is. So then we have the choice whether we want Jesus's light to be shined on our lives to see the kingdom of God before us. It's kind of like a um, month or two ago, I had to get my brakes replaced, brakes and rotors, and that happens over time very slowly, right? That you just don't notice it because I started to understand, oh, I need to give this much space to stop, right? So then you just, you start to adapt to it, so then you don't notice they're actually bad until you get the new brakes and rotors on there and you're like, oh no, that was bad. I could have gotten into a bad accident. 
It's kind of like that in our own lives. There's things that we become used to, things that we become, that become habit for us, that we, we just think it's fine. But, but once we train ourselves, once we choose to see the world differently, we won't see it. And that's the life that's born again. And so we do this thing. Uh, I, I had this pronunciation correct earlier. Dost, Dostkovsky. You guys got it. Good job. All right. He said, above all, don't lie to yourself. The man who lies to himself and listens to his own lie comes to a point that he cannot distinguish the truth within him or around him and so loses all respect for himself and for others. Sometimes we could get so stuck in our own world, our own story, that even the things that we've lied to ourselves about become true, and then we start treating others accordingly. We start treating others less than, because we think that is the right way to go. We could tell ourselves that we've been living the life uh, in the ways of Jesus, but we could be so out of step with the kingdom of God. It's kind of like Thanos, all right? This is the first one. It's like Thanos. If you haven't watched the Marvel movies, I'll catch you up. Thanos is a bad guy, all right? Big old bad guy, alien guy that uh, gets this gauntlet, infinity gauntlet it's called. It's a little glove with infinity stones. We don't have to go into all that. But (laughs) his purpose and his idea So his mission in his life is that he needs to wipe out half of the universe's population because it's gotten too populated. There's not enough to go around. That he thinks that this, this thing he's going to do is going to overall help the universe. So for him, it's a righteous calling. It's a righteous mission that some need to be sacrificed for the betterment of others. He got so entangled into the lie in his life that it started to become true that then he started treating others accordingly to get to the point, to his mission, to his accomplishment with the mission. That's good, right? (laughs) But when Jesus' light shines on us, it shows us who we really are. We can't hide from it. Your sin and the world's sin is not only exposed by Jesus' Jesus's light, but it's also dealt with. It's dealt with on the cross. So we love to be in that darkness. We love to be in our dark corner. We don't want any, anything to rock the boat. And our story from beginning to end oftentimes is selfishness and consequences. But Jesus invites us to repentance and life. And there's this, uh, this quote from Rob Bell, and he, he kind of talks about before this, that the gospel, if the gospel is not good, good news to everyone, then it's not good news. And so he also says then, God extends an invitation to us, and we are free to do with it as we please. Saying yes will take us in one direction, saying no will take us in another God is love, and to refuse this love moves us away from it. In the other direction, and that will, by very definition, be increasingly unloving, hellish reality. 
We do ourselves great harm when we confuse the very essence of God, which is love, with the very real consequences of rejecting and resisting that love, which creates what we call hell. Hell is our refusal to trust God's retelling of our story. We all have our own version of events in our lives, the things that we believe we are and we are not, what we have done, what that means for our future, our worth, value, and significance. The things that we believe about ourselves that we cling to despite the pain and agony that it causes us. But Jesus invites us into new life. Jesus invites us to be born again. And that's something we could choose to step into each and every day. So we kind of have to view the world differently. We have to view it through the lens of the kingdom of God. We, we understand that all of us see different, differently differently, right? Some of us need glasses. If I put on somebody else's glasses, I can't see correctly, right? So we all have different ways of viewing the world. But if we view the world through the lens of the kingdom of God, it's going to reveal things to us that we didn't see before. It's kind of like, uh, these are called stereogram pictures, I believe. If you, when I was a kid in the 90s, my grandma had a book, a coffee table book with these pictures. Do you know what they are? It's the one where either you have to bring it close up to your face and then slowly bring it out and you could see the shape. What I did, which I did yesterday with these and it made me nauseous, was I cross my eyes and then kind of focus in. It's kind of a little talent I have, I guess. Does anybody see what the shape is in this one? Dave, what is it? You're correct airplane airplane in there but you have to look at it differently right you have to you have to train your eyes to see the shape that's in there then there's this one does anybody see the shape there m ms <laughs> nope <laughs> any other guesses People dancing, nope. Ship, close. A shark. Shark is the shape in there. Kind of see it? Yeah. <laughs> it's also, the, there's other art projects too that give you a view at, at something, but when you move and look at it from a different angle, it changes totally. So these are kind of... So this is kind of what the kingdom of God is like, to see the kingdom of God in our midst, to follow those signs that, that show us where heaven is on earth now, where the everlasting life begins here, but extends into eternity. All right, you're all memorized with, mesmerized by that. So, it, it's off, there's times in our lives too where we have close friends, family, that they've, they come to you and they say, you know, when you did this or said this, it, it hurt, and then you're kind of taken aback because you're like, I had a wildly different experience, Right? And it's kind of like that too, that, that there's something going on 
behind the scenes, that God is working, the kingdom of God is coming here and now, and we have to choose to live into that each and every day. And it may rock our normal, what we think is normal in the world, but it's supposed to. The kingdom of God turns everything upside down. One of the favorite things for me as a pastor is, is that I get to live into that ideal kingdom of God and teach people about it. But oftentimes, sometimes people will say, but that's just pie in the sky. That's idealistic. That's not the real world, Jordan. We can't love everybody. We can't take care of everybody. And that's where I say, well, that's actually supposed to be the thing we do. We're supposed to do the things that the world says you can't. But that's the upside down of the kingdom of God. And so when you start to see the kingdom of God and train yourself and choose to live into it to see the signs, you can't, once you, we'll skip that, uh, once you see, you cannot unsee, right? Once you have seen something, you cannot unsee it. And that is scary sometimes because that means things have changed. I'm sure all of us in our life have had many choices that we knew once we make that choice, things are not going to be the same again. This is the same thing. Once you see the kingdom of God in your midst, you can't unsee it, but now it's calling you to do the work in the world here and now. And so Edwin Searcy says, to be born again, whether personal or congregational, cultural or political, requires a break, an ending, a risky journey to new life. You are saying, I have lived in this darkness, but now the light has shown me something different. I now have to live in the life, that there's this break, and that's the born again break, that you say, I am going to live into this in my life. It's about making that choice. And when we do that, we begin to see the sacredness and and valuable creations of God in our world. Everybody begins to matter. To treat people differently based on who believes what is, uh, who believes the right thing, is to fail to respect the image of God in everyone. As the book of James says, that God shows no favoritism and neither should we. When we surrender our desire to convert, convince, or to make people just like us and live into new life, giving ourselves away in radical acts of service and compassion, expecting nothing in return, the way of Jesus is put on display and that's the invitation for others. Oftentimes, we may be stuck on our own perspective of what we want to happen. The donkey reminds me of when Jesus rode in to Jerusalem uh, that we celebrate on Palm Sunday. And that was unexpected because his disciples were hoping Jesus would maybe ride in on something like a horse that would show he's kind of like a general in the army, that he's bringing a revolution, that he's going to take over the Roman Empire. He's going to make things right. He's going to put the people who have been oppressed and not in power into power. But instead he chose a donkey, which was more humbling. It was showing that actually, no, the kingdom of God isn't about gaining power and control over people, but it is about humbling yourself and serving others. And so our perspectives can keep us stuck. But we need to continue to make the choice of being born again. 
And then the Spirit, when the Spirit does what the Spirit does, when it blows like the wind and surprises us and we can't control it, we get to celebrate it when we see it. We don't have to worry about if it's the right thing or the correct thing or the checklist in order for it to happen. We just get to celebrate when, we, when it shows up. So we can make this choice each and every day to live into the kingdom of God. And one of the ways that we could do that, we've been talking about it since the fall, is to gather, learn, pray, and serve. That's one way that can help us choose to live into this and help us see the kingdom of God in our midst. When we focus on these things and we do these things, the Spirit is going to surprise us wherever we're at. The kingdom of God is going to surprise us wherever we're at. So today, as you leave, I want you to just keep this in mind this week that being born again means that we are asking God to give us new life each and every day so that we may discover meaning in our life and see the value in others by choosing to live into the kingdom of God. So I did pretty well with these, right? Validation, thank you, yeah. (laughs) Bring the clapping back, I remember when we had that. All right, so those are, that's being born again, to see the kingdom of God working in our world and to respond to it. Amen. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. Go in peace and have a wonderful week.